on the wrestling podcast about nothing. He's been known as pro wrestler Justin Powers or Justin Shape. He's been known as a radio DJ. He's been known as an award-winning sports broadcaster. But before all that, he was known as a schoolmate of our own Brian Fury. Justin McIsaac is here. My former tag team partner. He was conquistador number two. I was conquistador number one. How'd you keep that straight? Oh, come on now. I'm always number one. Oh, sorry. Plus, coming up your promo about nothing, it's so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 198, production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars. He's also the owner-operator, head trainer of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, as well as the owner-operator, booker, promoter, future heavyweight champion of Chaotic Wrestling, the permanent host of the wrestling podcast about nothing, the firebrand Brian Fury. Hi. Welcome back, Brian. Yes. That's what you're supposed to say. Wait, welcome back. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's just you. It's not the other Brian this week. Right, just me. Two weeks away, but I'm back. Yeah, you've been hanging out in front of the Performance Center like Jay and or Silent Bob, and now here you are. Yeah, in front of. Just hanging out there and snuck oh, in. Hoping someone will notice you and let you in. Snuck in to take a picture real quick and then <laughs> ran out. As you can see, it was very empty in there when I took the picture. It, it was. It was. Yeah. So you got out of there unscathed, and here you are. I, I, yes, yes, indeed. So how was it down there? It was great. It was cold. Cold? I was very angry. You know, you think you're going to Orlando for a week. You like, packed all, all right. your shorts. It was in the 30s, two out of the four days I was there. It was miserable. Really? Yeah, I was miserable, but everybody down there was super miserable. They're not used to that at all. It was actually... And you brought all your shorts. You didn't have long well, pants. I, you know, I'm a tracksuit guy, as, as you're well aware. <laughs> so I had a tracksuit. All too aware, to yes. Keep, keep me bundled up while I was down there, yeah. But you made it through. How are those two seven-foot guys? I saw a picture of there's two guys down there who are seven yes, feet tall yeah, each. They had just, um, I think it was like their first couple days there. They had just arrived, and they were just kind of getting acclimated to the place, and they were just watching some of the beginner classes while I was there, yeah. Okay. And you, for the first time, went to a live NXT. I guess it's not taping because it's live, Correct. but uh, we're you live went to NXT now. TV. Yeah, it was my first time getting to experience Everything at full sale and seeing how all of that goes down. It's very similar to like, you know, when we're at Raw or SmackDown and stuff, just on a smaller scale, you know, well, everything that goes on beforehand and catering, uh, all that oh. fun, all that fun stuff. And then uh, I got to actually listen on the headset for a little bit, kind of see how production and stuff works. So that was really, uh, that was really an eye opening experience. It was really cool to kind of experience all that and learn how that process goes. So really a good experience the third time around? Third time around, yeah. I think it was my best trip overall. Hopefully I'll get to go down again and um, produce a couple matches at some of the Coconut Loop shows, you know, if I get a chance to go down again. Uh, that's the goal. I mean, it's, you know, we're all here working and striving towards something. Right, Crockett? Working for a living. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think this was 
my best trip. I felt the most comfortable that I've ever had down there. Uh, I got to bounce around a couple different classes and teach all different uh, skill levels this time. I, I think it was a really excellent time. All right. Well, I'm glad it went well for you. Why, thank you, sir. And it's also going well for Brian Malonis, who is not here this week, as we mentioned. He will, though, however, be this Wednesday on Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way podcast with Tarzan Taylor and Julian Starr. Yeah, him and his brother, uh, Jimmy. Yes, they're talking about siblings in wrestling, which is, yeah, it's great. It's a different take. I mean, Brian's done almost 200 episodes now of podcasting, so it's going to be a completely unique take on Brian and his brother talking about uh, both being in the wrestling business at the same time and how that all works out. Yeah, it's rare that the Playboy gets to uh, get out there and chat some, so it's, it's uh, I'm sure it's going to be a fun listen. Definitely. So check that out this Wednesday. I saw, I saw both of them Sunday night at the Super Bowl at his house, went to his new, his new home. Yes. Enjoyed the Super Bowl there. They're all settling in over there. Yeah, well, I mean, they've still got some boxes to go, but I mean, Malonis' schedule along with the two kids and everything else, I'm sure it's going to be a long process. Yeah, and speaking of his schedule, he uh, made his debut this past Tuesday on NWA Power on YouTube. Power. Power. You can check that out. That is uh, on the YouTube channel of NWA. It's just NWA. Just look up YouTube when slash NWA. When, when do they air their new episodes? Tuesday night at 6.05 yeah, Eastern so Time. Great. Yeah. And I think there'll be more tomorrow. You're listening to this on Monday. Tomorrow, Tuesday, at 6.05 once again, you'll probably see more of the bouncers in the NWA. Very happy for them. Look at them spreading their wings, getting out there. Spreading their wings and spreading whatever else. If Justin watched wrestling like, uh, outside of WWE and NXT, I, he, I feel like he would like the bouncers. They're all about the beer. All about the booze. Yes. And uh, let's bring in... This guy right here, our guest of the hour, he is uh, formerly known as the alpha male Justin Powers, formerly known as Justin Shape. He is a former Cyberspace Wrestling Federation internet champion. <laughs> yes, right. And a two-time National Sports Media Association New Hampshire Sportscaster of the Year, wrestler turned radio broadcaster, Brian Fury's longtime close personal friend. Justin McIsaac, hi. You know, I was really not prepared for the Crockett Game Show host voice, but I'm, I'm glad I got to experience <laughs> it from across. You're a little closer than I am, Fury, so you got the full wrath of it, but I'm glad I was over on the other side of the room for it. It's really something else, Crockett. It's not similar to my referee yelling voice? You never yelled as a referee. You were just like you did the soft talking we used to do in the back. Hey, what are you doing? Come on, break it up. <laughs> is he done with the spot yet? Is he going to turn around? Yeah. Can I turn around? You're in about 10 minutes. I can't believe you've got 10 minutes. Are you going to gas? So, yes, uh, Justin, you are a former pro wrestler. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I did some semblance of pro wrestling. I usually, I mostly did a lot of, uh, a lot, a lot of making faces and, uh, cheap carny BS, but, uh, and an occasional suplex thrown in. But yeah, I guess you could call what I did pro wrestling. And <laughs> you came up kind of with this gentleman right here, Brian Fury. I think you started before him in wrestling, right? I did start before him. He although did, if he you did, you want to, he started before me in, uh, you did high school wrestling, Brian. I did. Justin used to come to yeah. watch me wrestle in high school and he would bring signs. That's right. And he would cheer <laughs> stuff at the high school wrestling, which was awesome. I think I almost got in a fight with one of the uh, opposing wrestlers when I gave a cheap shot to uh, <laughs> Brent. Oh, what the hell was Brent's last name? One, of, one of the guys. Brent yeah, Les Prince. On the team. I was like, yeah. oh, it's a child yelled to referees. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, those are the good old days. I got a yearbook for having a son. In the yearbook, there's me like screaming at the wrestling. <laughs> 
did you end up joining the team or are you just oh uh, god no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> i was in the drama club which tells you which that shows you why why fury is successful in wrestling and now i'm in radio that's <laughs> <laughs> so you both were backyard wrestlers right oh yeah correct the rwf Yep, I've known Justin since freshman year of high school, so we were the two guys that had mullets at the uh, Spalding High School. So we were drawn together immediately. <laughs> in, in Rochester, there were a lot of people with mullets, but ours really stood out from the crowd. They, they were <laughs> glorious. Yeah, they yeah. certainly were. <laughs> so what brought you two together besides the mullets? Did you know you each loved wrestling? or Yes, and it was more, we both knew uh, Al Spader. Yeah, we, we, had, yeah we, we had a couple of mutual friends and realized we had so many things in common and same likes and dislikes and whatever else, and... Yeah, we became uh, best buds, I guess you could say. That's right. Yeah, hung out all weekend, like every weekend. Watching pay-per-views and stuff like that. Pay-per-views and just like uh, just playing Sega Genesis and... <laughs> Super Nintendo, Super Nintendo. Mario Kart yeah. and everything else. Yeah, yeah right. backyard wrestling. We were very inseparable. Yeah. So how did the backyard wrestling thing start? Did you start something on your own or did you join an existing oh, fed? No. We, we had one, I think... Maybe. You and you and Al really. We were doing it in like eighth grade and continued into like freshman sophomore year. Maybe a little bit later than that too. But yeah, we had been doing it for a while. Justin alluded to the soft talking. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? And then when Justin started, he was the he was just yelling. Yeah. And it, we were all like, "What? That was <laughs> supposed to soft talk." I was thinking about this on the way over. The soft talking was actually like secretly brilliant because you're trying to simulate a big crowd being there, exactly, and not being picked up on camera. So the guys would be like, "Hey, referee." What are you doing? How are you doing? And I would just show up like, what the hell's going on? But it was it was it was kind of brilliant now that I think about it. Some students of mine do the soft talking uh, at class, and I'm like, no, 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 no. stop. <laughs> Didn't work for guys. Like it's not going to work for you. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, I know we talked about Justin Powers and Justin's shape. We'll talk more about them. But did you have any different gimmicks when you were backyard wrestling? <laughs> So, uh, I think the main... <laughs> Is he had, like, the most fun backyard gimmicks. I really did. Yeah. So, the main character I had was uh, called Grungy Metalhead. You know, it was the, it was the early 90s. The Seattle yeah. scene was in full effect. So, it was that type of person, but with a metal plate in my forehead. Well, we didn't know that at first. That's he was right. winning all of his matches with a headbutt. <laughs> and then he knocked out, like, our Hulk Hogan character, Mr. Primetime. That's right. With a headbutt. He needed uh, medical assistance. Yeah. And so uh, the president of the Rochester Wrestling Federation came out and stuck a magnet to his head, and it stayed. That's how we realized he had a metal plate in his head. I forgot about that. So this is <laughs> stolen from the Lex Luger thing with the forearm? What? No. Come what on. About? <laughs> how, how dare you, first of all. Uh, so there was that. There was also Lord Melvin Applebottom, which started out as a commentator, turned into a wrestler. Uh, Irving Bogey was a golfer. That happened <laughs> I forgot about Irving Bogey. And then we all had jobbers, too. Like, we all had our own jobber guy. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we... Uh, VHS videotape a bunch of stuff, and sometimes there were just shows with uh, squash matches. So, uh, like Brian's guy was, yeah, you had Johnny Power Arm. Oh yeah, the Macho Meatball. I had Chronic the Hemp Hog. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Brian, any uh, notable gimmicks for you? No, mine were all. Oh, there we go. Beautiful Brian. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, of course, obviously the main one. The, his Shawn Michaels, or because yeah, uh, when I had the mullet flowing, yeah. matched him. <laughs> he had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had an uh, assassin who was part of, uh, originally was part of the Cuban connection, assassin and spy, but they split yes. up. Assassin mm. really had all the success. Spy oh, was true. more the Marty Jannetty. <laughs> Who else did you have? Uh, what was the Har- Harvey Headbanger? What was, what, Harley Headbanger. Harley Headbanger. Right, right. That oh. was one. Yeah. What was your What was your weird guy? Your uh, that would like jump off of the roofs and stuff. 
Oh, um, Mastermind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was like my Sabu type guy. More, more guts than brains. Yep. <laughs> now, how big did this backyard thing get? Like, did you draw any people or was it just you guys? We just only ever around? tried to actually draw people to one show, really. <laughs> and then we got a good amount of people there, but then we got booted out because one of the fans was like wrestling around with one of the other fans and DDT'd him. Their head hit like a rock and they started bleeding. So <laughs> whoever's house we were at, like, yeah. kicked us out. There was like fifty or sixty people watching. So we got we got through one match and then somebody, yeah, like Brad said, did a shoot DDT to somebody and almost killed him and that was that. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't really like advertise or like have people come over and watch. We just did them for ourselves and recorded them and watched them. Snow wrestling was always fun. Oh god, yeah, that was the best. And we get inside Junk's house and warm up while we're watching the uh, tapes again. It was fun. I need to explain to Crockett who Junk was. Drunk was our friend John Adams, <laughs> who always borrowed money from Justin, because Justin was like the only one of us that had like a job at the time, like we were in high school for the most part. And finally, one day, Justin had just had it with him, and instead of calling him John, he just called him Junk. <laughs> junk Adams. <laughs> and that, so that became his name forever. He's he was also just, like three years older he than was all like of us. Junk. Somehow, yeah, right? he stayed. He stayed back a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Now, was there actually a ring or? Am I picturing that wrong? Is it just kind of... Yeah, you're picturing that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah no, it was the ground, fence for ropes. Sometimes or, uh, saw horses. Saw for horses. For or you just work the ropes. There'd be no ropes. You just work it. Yeah. Come on. Work it, kid. Just like we had to do at Jeff's. Yeah, we had to work the ropes. Yes. We couldn't actually hit them. <laughs> so are any of these tapes available for viewing? I have some at the school. Yeah. I know Stevens still has like all of them. He catalogs them. He has <laughs> notebooks with like what matches are on what tapes and everything. So, our friend, yeah. friend Stacy Stevens, it's Stevens. He would just go by Stevens. Had like everybody's one lost record, really, by, by oh, character, yeah, by would... actual person, because each guy had like five characters. So. Oh yeah. So we would do yeah we would do like regular TV shows. We would build to like pay per views, uh, all that stuff. Yeah. The free for nuns, which was before the the pay per views. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, we would do them all. We had all kinds of names for everything. Yeah, what a bunch of fucking marks we were. <laughs> <laughs> so you ended up getting training first, Justin, and how did that come about? So it it, it was a little weird because um, so Brian and we were supposed to go on the same day, right? Because you went to a you went to a show that Sunny Goodspeed was on. Yes, with a bunch of guys, and I didn't go because I w- I had a bunch of people in my house for the Mike Tyson. Peter yeah. McNeeny fight. Oh, man. So I didn't end up... <laughs> you're, you're busy in Kakuna Hara. Yeah. He was watching that. Me, Al, Junk went to a Jeff show. Yeah. I got body slammed by Sonny in the ring before the show. We met yeah. all these people. So like that story's been told. But yeah. And then when it came time to start training, he went to start training and I went and helped coach the high school team and helped run like the New England tournament that was taking place at, at Spalding High School. So and, and so I, yeah, I went to a tryout before one of Jeff's shows and Tarzan was at the tryout. Yeah. And uh, Big Daddy Dave Walker, who uh, Sonny referenced, I think, on one of the podcasts I listened to. As trainees, or they were already they were No, working. they were trying out the same day. I was okay, like, cool. You had to like, do a bunch of squats and like, you know, do a bunch of things in order just to make sure you, you weren't a complete, you know, uh, what's, what's the word I can use for stupid in the 2020s? <laughs> Ass I don't know. face. There you go. Sure. <laughs> I, I went through like seven of them before I was like, ah, which one of these won't end my radio career? <laughs> and the answer was none of them. So... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that just it was you know a basic trial. Then he started training in uh, Jeff Costa's backyard. He had a ring in his backyard <laughs> in Nashville at the time. Oh, so you actually had a ring as opposed to Sonny yeah. who's talking about just doing back bumps on the frozen ground. Yeah, no, it, it had upgraded <laughs> as it turns out. They leveled up to having a ring in the backyard. <laughs> so I was still a backyard wrestler. I was just in a ring, and uh, 
Yeah, I did that for, for, I actually got a late start. Tarzan and those guys started first and I didn't have the money to do it yet. So I'd like save up the money to go to wrestling school and then started going. And then three months later, I had my first match and I think it was August of 98 with uh, Maverick Wild in, yeah. uh, in Derry. And how long before this guy decided to join you? Was he going to shows and watching you with signs? Ah, uh, once in a while. Yeah, w- once or twice. He was like, it was like almost didn't really like lose contact, but he was just so busy wrestling and doing all these shows and stuff. And I was just like, all right. I was like, and I was like, why don't? Why haven't I done this yet? If, you know, we weren't, we weren't doing a ton of shows, but we, they were all on Saturdays. I think you were working like a weird all weekend shift. Yeah, I used to at, work just Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday yeah. at, at the leather tanner that I worked. So you couldn't at, get so. to a ton of them. And then, like, I moved away for a year. To, I'd followed some girlfriend out to upstate New York, which surprise didn't work out weird. And then uh, <laughs> I came back, and then like I think like the day I came back, Brian was like, "All right, I need to start. You know, all right, let's 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 get this going." And then that was the rest is history. Brian. The rest is history. And you, so you had your first match of Maverick Wild. Yes. And were you just booked regularly after that, or? Uh yeah. Actually, my my second and third matches were. Uh, they taped a bunch of TV. Uh, I was like six weeks worth of TV at the uh, local cable studios in Portsmouth. So like my like my second and third matches were on TV. So I, <laughs> wait, Je- Jeff had TV? Like yeah, it was well he recorded access. a bunch of stuff for it, from what I remember. But yeah. I don't think he actually well, they, they, did. they aired it. But it was just like uh, I can't remember what the name of the station was. But uh, I, it, funny enough, I ended up uh, I ended up doing play by play. With the guy, Sam Bruno's his name, who did play-by-play for all the matches. He was like a local radio Years guy. later, you did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, still, I, I still see him all the time now, which is which is pretty funny. But yeah, my second match was with uh, Lobster Man on TV, and then third one was with Maverick Wild again. Like, we taped them all in one day, like six weeks worth of TV. Was this called, like, Ringside Wrestling at the time, yeah. or was it something else? Yeah, yeah. Ringside, or, uh, or, or World Independent Wrestling, whatever. It, it, I think they changed it, like, It was yearly. kind of a different yeah. name every week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Brian, <laughs> when you started training and, and joining with uh, Justin, do you like have like rituals? Like, I, I, no, do you, have, you have ideas? Did we ever? <laughs> so, no, uh, I'm not sure where you're getting. I'll cut you off real quick. Justin, uh, we would drive because we still live in the same town and we live in Rochester and training was in Nashville. We drove to and from every single class together, yep. uh, to and from every single show together from the time I started on. <laughs> Justin was the guy I had my first match with, um, so it, it, it was crazy. Up in Littleton, a lot of history about. in Littleton. Yeah, Littleton, Massachusetts. The oh, well, Littleton, New Hampshire. That's what I meant. The Opera House. Come the on, Opera man. House. Granite exactly. State. Granite State. Six oh three. A lot of foliage yeah. on, on the way there. <laughs> no aspirations for a tag team with the two of you. We were a tag team for a little while. We were That's the right. Conquistadors. Besides, besides the Conquistadors, like uh, you didn't like starting out think it's going to be Fury and Powers all the way. No, Justin was a heel. Yeah, Justin was a heel, and I was. Brian was a pure baby face at first. Yeah, yeah, 100%. white meat baby face. Hundred percent white meat baby. Come on, clean cut. You know, young, young, in shape guy. Yeah. Things in the in the mesh shirt, right? No mesh shirt. No. The you and Mucko he, he wore those. That. He wore those at his personal time. It wasn't oh, really a wrestling oh, thing. I, I didn't. Lot, lot of mesh shirts. <laughs> lot of mesh shirts. <laughs> now, did <laughs> the heel thing immediately? You wanted to be a heel right away. I. I or well, you just they, felt they, more natural. Back in, I don't know, like, do you do you start everybody off as a baby face now, essentially, Brian? No, not no. necessarily. No. Back in the day, when you were training, you were a baby face. You know yeah. what I mean? This th- this was, like, over 20 years ago. And uh, and the guys that, you know, Jeff Costa was the head trainer, but guys like Maverick Wild, Bob Evans, uh, Sonny Goodspeed, uh, Rip Morrison, they did a lot of the, the in-ring work. 
and back then, like all those guys were ten times bigger than me, or at least it felt like it. You know what I mean? Maverick's kind of my size, but he was in you know good shape, whereas I never have been. And <laughs> so, so like, so he had all these experienced guys that were mostly heels that would like you know lead. You know, the heel usually leads the match. Yeah. So you're a babyface for you know your good first year or so, and really didn't do a lot, a whole lot of offense. Like the first six months of doing shows, you were just getting out in front of a crowd, learning how not to shit your pants when things go wrong, stuff like that. So, but I always knew I'd be a better heel than a baby face because you know, I'm, I'm not that easy to like as anybody that knows me can tell you. <laughs> so I, I know that, uh, you hear from people like Sonny and stuff like that. Uh, Jeff Costa saying every show needs a cowboy, <laughs> an Indian, a, a, a gay character and a, a probably- clown <laughs> and a Polak. That's, <laughs> That's a show. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, were you roped into doing any of these crazy gimmicks before you settled on like a Justin Powers? There was only like one show. We did like a Halloween show where I was like the zombie. And that was like the first time I was uh, I was a heel. And I think Maverick kind of was like, oh, he's not that bad at this heel shit. And then uh, for a while, I did the Black Demon because ah. uh, I didn't have, you know, it was it was a lot harder to get gear back then, too. It was basically you had to go through Adrian Street or somebody had to make it for you. So I only had like a couple of singlets and a pair of boots I bought from uh, Rob Veth, uh, who was uh, Johnny, Johnny Royal. Royal. Johnny Royal, yeah, the Boston Bulldogs, and uh, <laughs> and then and then wrong way Johnny Royal eventually. But uh, so yeah, I got a black mask from somebody, and uh, no, yeah, the black demon, get out there, kid. So that's, that's <laughs> and then uh, oh no, for uh, Jesus, how could I forget? How can this? you forget Starman doing the, the yeah? So. Jeff went through a phase where he wanted everybody to have a luchador gimmick too. Oh uh, yeah, he loves he loves all the lucha stuff. So I I got gear from Adrian Street Starman like the old NES game, and Tremendous. I would I did like the flying double chop and the, uh, <laughs> I couldn't do the backflip. You couldn't kick, do the backflip kick now, but I would do that. I come out to the Star Wars theme, and you know, it, it was it was all right. But I was yeah until I'm, he lost well, the match, yeah. as you can see me doing. Air quotations yeah. here. Well, no one else can, but I can, yes. <laughs> Nobody knows where it went to, but Brian actually did his first match in the Starman gear. Yeah, that Starman gear was what I wore for my first match. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, because well, Jeff didn't tell me I was wrestling. <laughs> I was doing some refereeing on the shows. It was something you do while you're going through your training. Yeah. And I was, we drove up to Littleton. I was expecting to ref, and I walked in the door, and he was like, oh, you're wrestling tonight against Justin. And I was like, what? <laughs> Years later, he said, it was because I didn't think about it and shit my pants like while overthinking about it, like the whole ride up and yeah, oh, you definitely would have right. I'm sure I would have. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely would have like thought about it a million and one ideas in my head and who who knows what else. But yeah, um, you know, it was just weird. Like yeah, it showed up and I didn't have anything to wear. Uh, I was referee stuff. Yeah. Um. So he let me use the Starman gear. Now, when you say he he lost it, you meaning like he. Lost it in a match, or he didn't want to be Starman anymore. That's so, right. Oh, like, so I see. If not, he didn't not, have the mask. You spell it out for no. me. <laughs> yes. If he didn't <laughs> I, have the mask, he couldn't be Starman. That's right. It's hard to wear a mask when you don't have one. <laughs> Almost Makes impossible. Sense. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> so, was there any like falling out with Jeff Costa? And you going elsewhere, or it's just something that naturally happened, like you yeah, going to so, like Green Mountain Wrestling. So Jeff Jeff's very old, was very old school at the time, and uh, he and he and Bob Evans weren't getting along, which happened a lot. It seemed like um, for whatever reason, who knows? So Bob had kind of split off and was running. He was running Slam Tech in uh, Nashua. Yeah, and uh, I think Brian and I had done like one show for Sheldon Goldberg or something like that because Scott Dickinson was uh, was booking and Sonny was doing stuff there. I, they had put the strap on me for Jeff's promotion, and then like the next week, Bob was taping a bunch of TV at his school 
that was going to run like in, in like Newport, Vermont. Yeah, it was for Green Mountain. Yeah, for for yeah. Gary Langevin's promotion, which yeah. which we did uh, we did a bunch of stuff for. So even though there was like there was heat with uh, with Bob and Jeff, I figured well if this stuff is showing in Vermont, it's not a big deal. I'll go there and. I was probably a little naive about it because there's probably more going on. Because I remember the first match, um, Turbo Tim Fury. I worked with him and Turbo His Tim, older brother, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're actually twins, but uh, <laughs> so like Bob had Tim Fury go over me in like five minutes or something like that, which I didn't care. You know, I yeah. do jobs, go over guys. Who gives a shit? It's it's, probably, it's, all, it's a work. Who cares? But the, the word got back to Jeff Costa, and he was very upset. Said, uh, you know, said uh, I was, I was, I was not welcome anywhere. I think Brian, you were banished for a little while I too. I was definitely was guilty by yeah. association. Well, yeah. I, I went and wrestled there too. I, oh. um, I wrestled Gary the Torch Cadalis. Yeah, I wrestled Mike Steele. Um, maybe one, and I think Alex Arian, all three of those in, in yeah. like that one day because it was a bunch of tapings and stuff. Yeah, I worked with a few other guys too. I can't remember exactly what it was, but. So I took the brunt of it, though. Everybody else was eventually welcomed back but me, and I think it's because, I don't know, maybe because I had the, the strap at the time. It was messy for a long time. We eventually reconciled, but it took a good, like, seven or eight years. Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, uh, it's I don't know. Guys carry grudges. Jeff's old school. I'm not one to give in either. I didn't think I'd really done anything wrong. We're both kind of stubborn, but eh, I th- think we're in a good place. We don't really talk all that much, but... Not for any reason, just because I don't really have a lot to do with the business anymore. I yeah. think is more of that, but stuff happens. And, you know, yeah. it's it's serious business, Crockett Pro Wrestling. And the switch it to FedEx the belt back to him. I, no, so it was actually uh, someone had to come pick it up from where I worked. Oh, there was a whole deal. I'm afraid I'd like show up on another show with it or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's like it was, uh, it was Paul. Was it Paul? What, what, what are you, oh yeah, working? Flash Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, yes. He showed up the video store I was working at one of the uh, one of my five jobs at the time. Yeah, he was like, "I'm sorry, this had to happen." I'm like, oh, I don't know. "Here you go." <laughs> <laughs> what a great Paul impression yeah. that was. For anybody that knows it, that just made me laugh. <laughs> So uh, you had done, you say it like uh, a match or two for NECW. Yeah, uh, Brian and I went out and did the opener for the, I think the uh, it was one of the, the birthday bashes. I think the first might have been the first birthday, the bash, first birthday yeah. bash. And uh, we, we went out with the attitude of let's go uh, do every finisher in the book and try to impress some people. <laughs> and didn't we ever? And, and oh yeah, we pissed off like the half of the locker room, but only the shitty half, like only, <laughs> like, only the <laughs> which was yeah. good. Yeah, it was like the time with Jeff was like we learned how to do stuff and we didn't really learn like the psychology part of it until like Steve's later on, but we kind of knew some. And then we, yeah, we just put all the stuff together and just did stuff. Yeah. And it was like an AEW match only without all the dives and flips. It was just, (laughs) it's like, oh, how about 17 finishers in a row? Okay. What do we got? Six minutes? Yeah. Let's go. It was like, we went and we, we did well. My favorite memory of that, though, is. Jay Wood Scott Second. Scott Dickinson gives us a fifty dollar payday, and we were both like, "What? <laughs> we're like, I'm rich now." Yeah, we're like, "Are you sure? Oh my god!" Because we don't even get like ten bucks from Jeff or whatever. Here you go, kid. And we were just like, "Whoa!" We were like, "Man, we're, we're gonna wrestle here forever. This is great. This is the big time." <laughs> Whew, burn a hole in your pocket there. 50, right. 50 bucks. Man, I was living a lot. Now, listen, 2050 bucks is a lot of money. Yeah. I'll tell you what. It is now, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> so, the alpha male, Justin Powers, yes. what is that gimmick all about? So, I thought of that while I was trying to think of a way not to be Starman. And I was, uh, <laughs> I thought, what, what, what is the gimmick I can do 
that will be fun, but also kind of me. And I thought, what if I was just real obnoxious? Huh. And, and that's essentially what it was. So I would, I would come out and basically say, uh, you know, uh, what, what was it? What was the crap I would say? Like, if we're all a bunch of wild jackalopes, I'd be the one mating with the most females and things like that. And it was, <laughs> you know, I was just over the top, and it was good because I'm not a big dude. I was, I was in decent shape then, but not what we would call good shape, not like bodybuilder shape. But uh, yeah, and then I was just a chicken shit heel, and it was, you know. That was essentially the gimmick, just an obnoxious chicken shit heel. So real quick, I'm going to back it up, okay. uh, like maybe two shows, because before Alpha Male Justin Powers, it was oh, Shagadelic Justin Powers. <laughs> and then Gentleman Justin Powers. I forgot I about I that. I don't remember Gentleman. Are you I British? Remember, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shagadelic Justin Powers. That was the first time he used the last name Powers. And so ah, was, he, was, right, yeah. he was Austin Powers. He had tie-dye stuff, and he was doing the voice and all this <laughs> Coming stuff. out to the music with the glasses. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah, so, so, so Jeff was convinced. I was still working for Jeff at this time. Jeff was convinced this was going to be a babyface gimmick, right? And Chad, remember Chad yeah, Street? Chad Street. He wanted Chad to do a, a Backstreet Boys gimmick. He was convinced that I was going to be the babyface and Chad was going to be the heel. And we was actually at St. Anselm College, where they're like in the same building they're doing the debates in like two days. <laughs> so they send uh, they, they send some sort of tag match, and people fucking loved Chad because he came out and sang like the Backstreet songs, yeah. a bunch of college kids. And then I came out to the Austin Powers music, and they fucking hated it. <laughs> and we're sure they hated it. And we're trying to work a baby face heel match opposite. I'm like, and you can't really like change it on the fly. Well, you know, at that I'm, point. I'm yeah. Right. At whoever was, I'm looking at Dickinson was rough. I'm like, can we just, can we just switch here? What's And he's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> so, I, so after like two shows of that, Jeff was like, yeah, that's probably a heel gimmick. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> so that was a heel for all. And then I cut my hair and became gentleman, Justin powers, which was just, uh, British guy cheating out and make the ref hold the flag while God Save the Queen played and all that. So, and that became the alpha male. I forgot all about that. Okay. <laughs> oh, all yeah. those shots to the head. Yeah. Now, uh, NECW, were you, were you able to re ingratiate yourself to the uh, lower shitty guys on the cards <laughs> or they, they still hate no, you? No, they all kind of worked themselves out of the uh, promotion. So yeah. The, like, uh, the, the lower card guys kind of shuffled through a little bit. I think we were given the opportunity to be some of those lower card guys yeah. and we didn't shuffle out we kind of just stayed for a longer we period became of time. those shitty guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah then we were the ones judging everybody else that came in the door that's right yeah. <laughs> did we ever <laughs> so justin how was your necw experience i know you worked with a lot of different people um bob evans of course yep no i, I really liked working for sheldon it was uh it was <laughs> like <laughs> all rings are great now but like this this sounds stupid but his ring was was amazing like 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 bumping in it and the, yeah. the ropes you could stand on them without fearing for your life and <laughs> like every like when we were there Brian I think everybody there was good that was the other part like. yeah well especially compared to like they all wanted to wrestle they wanted to do stuff um, we we'd come from Jeff's where it was like some of the older bigger guys that were like yeah maybe we'll take one bump tonight or you know right. something along those lines and everybody there kind of wanted to do stuff and, and actually wrestle and put on good shows especially when you're new like you want you know you, you have something to prove you feel like you got to go do a thousand, you know, moves and take a hundred bumps and, and whatever. Yeah. So, but I mean, you guys like Chi Chi Cruz. Uh, I don't yeah, know if he's. Yeah, Chi Chi Cruz, Debonair Cruz. Yeah, yeah is he's he still kinda, working or probably not? He's right? kind of around. I see him on Facebook and stuff, but I don't okay. really see him on shows anymore. So, so he was fun to work. Turbo Tim Fury, Maverick was there, Alex Arion, um, Bob Evans was there. I think Sonny did some stuff. They would bring in guys too, like the All Nighters from Canada. Those guys were yeah, great. Yeah, All Nighters yeah. and Beth Phoenix. Yep, Beth Phoenix. Um, Johnny Idol and uh, Mike Steele. 
Yep, um, Egomaniacs. Yep. Egomaniacs, yep. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun promotion. Um, I, I had a great time there. I mean, except for... Uh, when Slick Wagner Brown and I hated each other for a bit, but then we were, we were we worked together. But other than that, that was it was great. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that <laughs> because uh, Sunny said to read a podcast. I think it was I just listened to that. Just it was, uh, yep. Julian and Tarzan's podcast that uh, Sunny didn't really appreciate uh, Slick Wagner Brown and decided he's going to. No, wasn't going to book him at the top of the card like like Slick wanted to at the, at the time, and he put him in matches with you. Where he would actually had to show character rather than you know do a, a thousand yeah. bumps. So so he put up in a program with me and 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 slick and and we I say all this knowing that we've reconciled since and and I wish him well and uh, and all that. But so he thought this was like uh, an insult to him. I think like having to work with me because I'm like a smaller guy that didn't do a lot of flippy shit and I wasn't you know yeah. a big name or whatever. The program was actually kind of fun. Like I would start stalking April that he was with at the time mm-hmm. was his valet, and I'd show up during tag matches, being like, uh, "Hey, you know, call me April, whatever." And uh, April been- Hunter, for April Hunter, yes, yeah. thank you. And uh, we eventually did a tag match. It was like Maverick and I versus uh, Alex Arion and Slick. It was like because they were like the top baby faces, and eventually it led to like a blow off with Slick and I, where uh, he went out and cut a heel promo, even though I was the heel. This was at the Wonderland Ballroom, and I was kind of bullshit about it backstage. And I, I went out and I just basically no sold all his stuff, and I did all the old Jeff Costa tricks, like when you pin a guy, you put your shoulder into his stomach, and yeah, you know, blow all the wind out of him. And I just stiffed the shit out of him because, and then when he hit his finish, I just kind of got up and left. And even though April was supposed to clothesline me, and I went backstage and said, "Hey, good, good match." There you go. <laughs> but, really? Uh, he, he did some inter, you know, in the early days of the internet, he did some interviews saying he, he you know, was wasn't a good time. Arch brutal powers. That's what. Oh, you. <laughs> you. I was actually gonna say that, but yeah, yeah see, it's, like, who's your least favorite opponent, or yeah. somebody you didn't like working with, or something like that, and that was his answer. Arch, arch brutal yeah. powers. Yeah, Arch Kincaid, brutal Bob Evans, and Justin Powers. Yeah, we made up later. It was, you know, it's all dumb wrestling bullshit. It happens. Yeah, this is like like the NEI or something like that, right? The New yep. England Independent, oh, yeah. <laughs> something. Yeah, uh, that website is actually still up. I yeah, I, I was there actually the other day, like, looking up a couple things. Uh, you were a uh, wrestler of the year, I think, in w- one year or something like that. Personality of the year, uh, yes, like yeah, yeah. down year in pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, nobody, nobody was any good that year. <laughs> so, like immediately after that interview, like this is in like in the middle of your your disagreement with. Slick Wagner Brown, or was this after the fact? I think it was a little bit. It a little was after because that fact. was the blow off, and I, you know, I was. I don't. Know, would you call that unprofessional, or would you just call it? Uh, it just, you- so like, <laughs> I was kind of like on the. I got to hear obviously everything, you know. Yeah, from his. Side. Oh, all I know is Steve from, Bradley from was very excited that I did all that. But yeah, it was, so it was like <laughs> it was just looking at it now, like just two different walks of life and two different wrestling styles, and didn't know how to mesh or or, or whatever, and it was just like. They just didn't get along, and they they worked. They weren't unprofessional with each other, but it was you know it was just I, one I of those things. I remember having a conversation with him backstage because Sonny wanted us to do a thing where like I would work his leg or whatever. You know what I mean? That was supposed yeah. to be the match, and he didn't like that, and he got a change. And I said, "Listen, I'm like, we can go out and do all that stuff you usually do, but it's probably not going to be great because I'm not as good at, the, at that as you are. So why don't we do?" And he's like, "No, no, we're going to do a regular match." I'm like, "Okay," and I was fine until he went and cut the heel promo, and then I was like, "Okay, well, you know, I'm kind of a dickhead when when I can be so." Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Justin was blowing up then at that point in time. You know, I kind of stayed one of those lower card guys, and Justin was starting to get the push at NHW 
working bigger, higher profile matches with like Wagner, Alex. So you got to wrestle Doug Williams, I think, long before yeah. I did. Uh, a lot of stuff. So he was kind of getting the uh, the big push down there in ECW. It was it, British versus British, right? No, I was, I was, I was alpha male at yeah, that point. Just, yeah, no. that, was, <laughs> that was a trip, though, because, yeah, wrestling, working with Doug Williams. Cause that was, was the only time I remember Justin, like, going to the gym. Oh, there was like there was like a like a like a four week period where we went to the gym like like four days a week to get ready for Doug okay. Williams. So that's okay. You're being a little disingenuous because I would go to the gym, <laughs> but there's going to the gym and then there's going to the gym. You know what I mean? Okay, so, fair enough. <laughs> I was like, all right, I better hit the stairmaster for like an hour every day. So that's what I would do. <laughs> so uh, you'd mentioned Steve Bradley. Uh, was him working for NECW the reason you two hooked up when he started WFA? Well, well, through my relationship with Alex Arion, because uh, okay. any of the shows that, if I wasn't traveling with Brian, I was probably traveling with Alex. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we were stupid, so we'd go do, like, Steve Ricard shows for, like, no pay or whatever, you know, because they weren't the Yankee Pro at the time? Yeah, so we, we'd go do those. And Fall River. Yeah, sometimes we'd go to Fall River, and there wasn't actually a show, because we were, <laughs> you know, it wasn't the internet then, so we'd <laughs> drive all the way there and be like, well, shit, all right, I guess we're just getting drunk tonight instead. Go to the 99. So <laughs> so Alex was was good friends with uh, with Steve, so yeah. I would, you know, he'd talk to Steve. Steve was in Memphis at the time, I think, and, you know, they would swap stories or whatever, and, and we kind of knew each other before we knew each other, so when... I remember that one show that Steve came to, the one Jeff show that Steve came to. Yes, because I worked with Dan Nighthawk, I think. And he's told you you had good facials, and I heard about it the whole ride home. That's right. The more annoyed you got, the more you got to hear about it. Did you, did you notice a correlation? <laughs> So, so those early days at WFA, um, I mean, we've talked about how they were kind of ahead of their time with the the music with the the lights the screens the whole thing yeah. like what was that experience like if the first show was in Littleton yeah. again right the yeah. first show was like it was like a wrestling convention because I think the entire if you were in the business in New England you showed up at that even if you weren't booked just to see what was going to go on yeah what, what was the show like five hours that day or something right because it, it was in theory like television taping, taping, yeah, taping TV and so he taped like four or five weeks of whatever but it was it was a long day but it was like insane yeah it was insane that first show <laughs> like to think back and it was like so ahead of its time yeah you wrestled tom yep right antonio thomas that's yeah. right justin was one of the first like character guys there like and he was a big time character guy yeah so steve switched the he he wanted me to do the justin shape gimmick yes which al al spader was kind of doing already for jeff right he was doing alan shape he's like no nah, you're gonna steal this and i'm like i kind of feel like shit about this steve and he's like, no, no, it's fine. And I talked with Al about it. And I was like, yeah, go ahead. Even though he probably didn't want me to. But I was, right. I, I was like, all right. So, yeah. So that's when I started doing Just in Shape. Like he would pre-tape vignettes and stuff like that. They would show, you know, to build characters up, which was nobody was doing at all. Nobody. That I had the pleasure of telling them to roll for show after show after show after show. <laughs> The early WFA days, Justin and I were put into a program together. It's like, so anytime we went to a new town, the first time there, we'd be the promo ahead yeah. of time. Justin would be out there doing his deal, talking about how he's this guy. And then I'd be the one that comes out here and plays like the B-roll footage from his, his videos where it was like, <laughs> Some, you know, the stuff that wasn't supposed to be seen, him like burying the fat guys that he's with <laughs> or whatever else. Like, or lifting huffing the weights, and puffing. But, but they're actually lifting <laughs> yeah. the weight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I can't believe you did that every night. Yeah, so it was like, I'd be there, I'd cut my little promo back to his and we'd go, roll that footage. That'd be like the, the joking line we'd always do for the longest time. 
And I have to sell it every night. What? <laughs> I've never seen this before. But it was an old school way of doing it. We would do like a loop, basically. We'd go to like Hopkinton and uh, like five towns, and then you'd start it all over again. Yep. Yeah. And then like, it must have been like maybe two years later, we did that show with the Hooky Lao inside the Chinese food restaurant. Yes. <laughs> and it was like two years later, we like went right back to it. <laughs> And me and Justin again, roll that footage. <laughs> they haven't seen it in Springfield, kid. <laughs> Some people don't know. It's like, this is like eight years before Simon Dean kind of did a pretty similar thing, which is a guy that's not in the best shape saying that he's in tremendous I, shape. And I don't even think it was that long because I remember okay. Steve being hot about it. Oh, re- oh really? Because Steve was like, because Steve was like, uh, I don't, I don't know how true it was or not, but he's like, he's like, oh, fucking Vince is seeing these tapes. I'll tell you that right now. I'm sending these tapes. Vince is seeing them, <laughs> and it was like, it was like 18 months into the gimmick, and then oh, Simon okay. started doing it, and it, it faded out pretty quickly. And Steve's deal was always like, he couldn't even fucking get that gimmick over. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's the easiest gimmick to get over. I'm like, what are you trying to say? Like, I don't <laughs> so I mean. Taking a quick break from WFA, I mentioned at the top the Cyberspace Wrestling Federation, and you mentioned how they've taken these long, stupid drives. How yes. long of a stupid drive was that? New Jersey, so yeah. like uh, six hours. Yeah, right? it was a while, yeah. Scott Dickinson hooked us up with Cyberspace Wrestling. Billy Firehawk was the promoter. I can't remember his real name. I know yeah, he's no longer with us. And Cyberspace became like this huge thing afterwards because they were like known for booking all kinds of TNA guys. That's the promotion that has yes. the infamous Lex Luger promo. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, so it was, it's exactly. crazy to think about that. So that was wild because the first time we went down, I was booked. <laughs> I don't remember who you wrestled. No, I, I didn't do a match. I was booked to be a tweener in a battle royal, remember? Oh, that's right. And we we <laughs> <Tweener>. laughed. <laughs> that's what they told him. They said tweener, and we laughed at him. <laughs> You're in the battle royal, but we want you to be a tweeter, and we just started <laughs> laughing our asses off in the locker, yeah. like at the promoter. Was that the fake Tommy Dreamer that told you that, or was that the one fake, of those guys? Yeah. <laughs> so, so went, you just come out and, and touch the people that have gloves on. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Like so I, so I just did a regular battle royal where you get someone in a corner and you give them some shots, but then eventually. It's just set up for the next show. I mean, oh. uh, the Hungarian Barbarian. Oh, had to like, I forgot about the, him. This I, is great. How could you forget the Hungarian Barbarian? So this was a guy who was like 6'8", and no one told him it was a work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think he shot a powerbomb on me in the I, Battle Royal, yeah, yeah, right? Take, take the powerbomb. I remember that. He goes, he goes, you take a powerbomb, brother? I'm like, from you? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> I didn't know this guy from, you know, from a hole in the wall. And he clearly, you know, I don't think he knew what he was doing. So, Man, but, those cyberspace shows were crazy. Yeah. Especially those early ones. So th- this just reminded me of another story. I was out in Vegas for the Cauliflower Alley Club, and you weren't even there for this one. The first time you went with Sonny. Yeah, yeah, I was there with Sonny, Amato, and Jen, a couple other people, but we saw Billy Firehawk, mm-hmm. and Scott Dickinson, we were, we were all hanging out. And he lived out there. He lived out but there. But he would do his shows in New Jersey, yep. and he would fly all these guys out. Like He'd fly Mike Tenay out. He'd fly Larry Zabisco <laughs> out just to do these indie shows in New Jersey. It was the nuttiest thing I ever heard of. How'd they draw? I, not great. They got, <laughs> they got better later yeah. on, but yeah, these, these early shows were not the best. But we're talking to Billy Firehawk, and he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. You're so happy to see us and excited. And he starts to tell us how um, he's going to make Justin the cyberspace internet champion. But don't tell him, though. I, don't, I want it to be a surprise. Can't tell the sheets. And kid. so he's talking to us, and he's talking to me and Scott. And Sonny takes his phone out. <laughs> took his phone out, called Justin. 
hey, and just starts talking to Justin right in front of Billy Pyrehawk. He goes, hey, you never guess. I'm out here with Billy Pyrehawk, yeah? He just told me he's going to give you the internet championship. <laughs> yeah, he's putting a strap on you, kid. <laughs> Literally. Like, uh, and Billy Pyrehawk didn't know, had no idea, but he was telling him right in like, front uh, of him. Yeah, so we're going to hit the buffet a little bit later, but uh, they're putting a strap on you. Yeah, that's... <laughs> it was, uh, Fucking hilarious. So you won the internet championship in 2003. Yeah, I beat the promoter, Billy Firehawk. Yes. How about that? Put you over. <laughs> I it? think, uh, what was it? Ice Cold, whatever, the, the Stone Cold ripoff. Oh, I forgot they had a Stone Cold Yeah, guy did too. a run in. Yeah. Man. So then I, uh, yeah, then I didn't want to go back to New Jersey. So I just, I no showed a booking and they, uh, they, 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 you know, I didn't want to do a job, basically. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I was going to ask you <laughs> because in Steve, the, uh... Steve had a show the same night and it was when we got back from Vegas the next year. Because we went to the Cauliflower Island Club yeah. Convention. It was like the next week, and I didn't feel like driving to Jersey. So I was like, yeah, my grandfather died or something. I don't know. And uh, you know, I think they kept all the the, the belts. They, you remember the belts they had? They had really nice was, everything. They spent so much money on yeah. so much stuff. It was ridiculous. They, but it, the, the best part, I don't know. There was a lot of great stuff about the promotion. But like Brian and I would show up, right? And this was the early days of TNA, right? Like the early, early days. Yep. Billy Firework would book all these like half a names. Like some of them were, were big names, like Larry Zabisco and mm-hmm. uh, you know Mike Tenay and other people like that. And uh, what was it like James Storm and like yeah, uh, yeah. like CM Punk would just show up at these shows to say. So hi that to was people, the first you know? time I ever met Punk. Was yeah. you? I was watching your match uh, when you got knocked out <laughs> by the elbow drop off the top rope and had to drive home. Get crazy, Ivan. Yeah, I still drove home, but Punk just walked in the locker room and I was like, he's like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Brian, and he goes. Punk. punk. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and I was so hot the whole ride. Yeah, like, <laughs> who's this fucking guy? Where's he been? Where's he been? <laughs> give me his work. He's name. never gonna be nobody. Yeah. <laughs> 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 fucking guy introduced himself as punk. Yeah. That name your fucking mom yeah. gave you, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, some fucking mark? Yeah, sign a poster for me, kid. <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's a long seven-hour drive. <laughs> Six hours of this. So, so we go, we show up at the shows, and we get in the locker room, right? And they're split up into two distinct categories, like all the TNA half of names and Larry Zabisco and all that, <laughs> and all the Jersey shit bags that like were like Jersey All Pro and all these fucking basically backyarders that were show, like the Grim Reefer and all these other yeah. guys. <laughs> and we, Brian and I would walk in and we'd take one look around and we'd look over this way, we'd look over this way, we'd like. Sup, James Storm? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we just hung out with all those guys. <laughs> Makes sense. It was great. Oh, crazy Ivan. That was a great match. Also known as Skinhead Ivan, if he I'm was, not mistaken. Yes. Puerto yes, Rican guy was. that did a white supremacist gimmick. It was, it was pretty innovative. <laughs> you know what? That would be over like a million bucks now in the Trump era. I remember <laughs> I did a random show in New Jersey. It was a block party show in New Jersey. And he was doing that. Was he working with Slick? So he had, that was, yeah. that's the, he was doing this gimmick, and he's cutting this promo, and N-word this, and N-word that. And we're at a block party in Jersey. People are like sticking their heads out of their windows, and <laughs> people are just like, kind of like wanting to kill this guy. And then Slick's music starts playing, and Wagner comes out, and it was like, you think Hulk Hogan <laughs> in like 1986 like walked out. Nobody's ever been more over. He was so over. <laughs> and then, of course... Crazy Ivan with a roll up, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just that a guess. Kid, he did. He he did a a uh, side Russian leg sweep off that top rope, which somehow ended up safely. And then he gave you an elbow drop. And it, there used to be tape of this, but his entire ass lands on my head. And I remember Brad's rushing, going, "Yep, <laughs> that's my ride home. I can't drive a stick either. That's great." <laughs> so you're saying uh, I looked on the Internet Championship Wrestling title history. And it says you 
did not appear for undisclosed reasons. So your reason is your fake grandfather died. Um, just to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> I just, the reason was I didn't want to go to the show. And okay. so they, they, they stripped me of the title, those bastards. Damn it. And I think Bobby Roode ended up with that title. I was going to say, yeah, Bobby yeah. Roode is a future internet champion as well. So you, you, you don't want any of this. Let me tell you. A great right lineage. <laughs> That's one of those things when you have kid, when you're kid, Crockett, when, you're, when your kid gets older, that you can do this repeatedly and it's great. So whenever Bobby Roode's on TV now, because my daughter likes wrestling, right? So yeah. whenever he shows up, he'll be like, that guy never beat me from the strap. Tell you what, Keely. <laughs> <laughs> I walked out around but, but you do it every single time, so eventually they'll throw stuff at you when you keep saying it. It's great. <laughs> so uh, how long was it? Like a year after that where you lost a retirement match, right? Yeah, my 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 wife, my uh, I don't think we were married at the time. We were still we were, you know, together, but she became pregnant with my second kid, my yes. daughter, Keely. So so I said, well, it, it, there was a couple of things. First of all, to be decent in the ring, I really had to work at it. Like I'm I'm not a naturally gifted athlete, believe it or not, looking at me. So I had to like I had to go to train like three days a week to be like okay in the ring. Like I was always I was good at promos, good with work in the crowd, good with all that stuff. But like to not be an embarrassment, I really had to work hard at it. And I was at I was at a point where I wasn't able to train as much as I should have. So I was getting worse in the ring. And Renee, if you can believe that, if you can believe that, because you know what, it, it wasn't a lot to start with, but uh, <laughs> and then Renee was uh, was pregnant with our second child, so I was like, it's probably not a great idea to get thrown in my head every weekend when I have two kids. And you know, let's face it, you know, I'm not going to the WWF. You know, it's, it's uh, I was a decent independent pro wrestler for a while. I had a I had a, an okay run, but it's probably time to stop now. And then, like everybody else, I didn't stop. <laughs> yeah, the kids got a little older and yeah. you came back, right? Well, basically, yeah, basically Maverick started running shows once a month in the town I live in. So it was like, well, if it's right around oh, the corner. I forgot you did some of those. Yeah. yeah. That's so, where I met Justin. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't think I met Crockett until yeah, then. No, I never, that's, that's probably right, yeah. Because for some reason, I never did chaotic shows back in the day. I never... Because they were our heated rival of uh, the WFA. Yeah, was was that a rivalry? Was that because? Oh Steve, yeah, because yeah. anybody that was running the show was kind of Steve's enemy, but I didn't know if they like they were specifically one. No, that was specifically <laughs> one them them more than anybody. Okay. yes, hundred percent. But back like way back in the day, chaotic signed guys to contracts, and I'm sure a lot yes. of people that listen know that, but maybe not everybody does. But they had their guys, and like nobody else ever broke in. Really, it was weird. Yeah, that that was for the first couple of years anyway. They had these Slick Wagner Brown and eventually got a contract. Yeah, they signed him away from NECW. It was huge. And Meltzer was all over. It. <laughs> he actually put out a special edition. So you went to Front Row Wrestling, which was the name of Maverick Wilds' uh, promotion. I just remember when Justin like did the did the loser leaves match. He was like the heel, uh, Vicalo, right? Yeah, Vince Vicalo. Vince yep. Vicalo, and Justin was the heel, and he lost, and then he cut this like. Babyface promo about I was gonna go be super dad and stuff. I got like a big ovation and yeah. everything. Like, and I, I had no, I forgot completely that you came back for the front row stuff. Yeah, yeah a couple years later. Yeah, it was. I uh, guess it was like in your head subconsciously, Fury, and it gave you permission to come back multiple times after your retirement. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> How many retirements have you had now? I had one retirement. What, but you keep wrestling. How does I've that had work? Four matches in three years. I don't know. It seems like every other week you're like, I'm getting ready for the biggest match of my life. <laughs> Josh Briggs is the biggest challenge I've ever faced. You saw the videos. All Until right. next month. <sighs> <laughs> so I want to talk about Justin. <laughs> uh, one of the gimmicks you did in front of wrestling, you, you, you did uh, some Justin shape stuff, but you also yep. did this this gimmick. Was it like a 
a Rush Limbaugh yes. type of gimmick. Right way, just in shape. Yes. Yes. Right. How did how did that all come about? It was Maverick's idea, actually, because because uh, not to turn it, you know, not to turn it into politics, but I'm a pretty left wing guy, and Maverick thought it'd be funny if I did a right wing gimmick. So I, you know, I got this USA singlet and wore a suit and came down to Rush Limbaugh's music, and I'd say things like. Uh, uh, like like Dan Tanaka would be refing, and I'd be like, I demand to see this referee's birth certificate. You know, <laughs> just wildly racist things like that. And I worked with uh, with B. A. Tatum. You oh, yes, yes. So this is one of my favorite wrestling stories ever. So I'm working with him, and uh, this is when he was first starting. And he was like, he would wear the trunks, and he was like, he had the giant beard, and he was in really good shape. And uh, his gimmick was good. He was like just like an ass kicking machine. And I came out and I basically said. Uh, I forget which which guy that wasn't any good. I name dropped, but I was like, "You took this job from a more qualified white wrestler, right?" And his, <laughs> his <laughs> and his father was in the crowd, and I guess his father had to be like restrained, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so that's that's when you know you got good heat, right? When, <laughs> exactly. someone, when someone wants to kill you, so that that, that only went a little while. But. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> So I remember at this time you were like dabbling in radio. Did you go to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting? I did, yeah. In, yeah. Uh, in 07, you know, I had wanted to get into sportscasting for a while. Didn't really know how to do it. I was good on the stick. So I was like, well, I might as well turn what I'm good at into, into something else. So I started going to the yeah, Connecticut School of Broadcasting, which, uh, as it turns out, uh, they were still showing you how to play like CDs for radio, which no, no, <laughs> nobody does that anymore. But uh, learned enough and made made enough contacts to like get the radio job. Yeah, and you were doing stuff for like a, a morning show, right, in New Hampshire. Yeah, so I started off working like part time. You have to start off like at the bottom, which is when you're when you're thirty and everybody else that has your job in radio is like nineteen. That's that's great. So you start <laughs> at the bottom, just like learning how to do everything. And but uh, yeah, I worked my way to. Being like the morning show sports guy in Dover, New Hampshire, on a station called WTSN, and like doing play-by-play at night, and uh, yeah, kind of, kind of have gone from there. And I remember, like at one point, you got laid off, right? Yeah, 2015. Yeah, so the the station was going to merge with this other company out of Massachusetts, and the people they were merging with just like blew out everybody, which. In radio, you, you're going to get laid off like two, three, four times. It's just, you know, it's a fun business to be in. But <laughs> <laughs> So they were going to merge. They laid everybody off. Then the merger fell through. So everybody that got laid off still didn't have a job. But the people that fired you never actually owned the company, which I don't know how that works. <laughs> the, the ultimate dusty finish somehow, right? <laughs> like, I don't. So how did you start? You ended up going like freelance, right? Essentially, you ended up doing just like a... Sports broadcasting yeah. under your own banner, kind of. Yeah, so I started my, like, I was doing a lot of high school games, basically, right? Yeah. And uh, so when I got laid off, I, I figured out a, a way to do internet streaming audio, because it was the cheapest way to do it. Doing video cost too much. Doing audio was pretty cheap and dirty. Yeah. And uh, I, I started doing that, and I also was doing a few college games. So a lot of, a lot of colleges have their, most colleges now have their own in-house video production. So I would do, like, St. Anselm College, um Southern New Hampshire, a University of New England and Maine started doing stuff for them. How do you make contacts with these? Do you just like show up with a table and uh, a couple of microphones? <laughs> like like Virgil, just kind of yeah. show up and set pretty, up? Pretty, when you do high school games, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You just show up and uh, yeah, you're like, well, you, you know, you get a hold of people first. You're like, hey, I'm going to come do the game. And you, you know, you use social media and tag everybody in it and everybody finds out about it. And if you don't suck, eventually you start making a little money off of it and you have not a good salesman, but you have to go out and be like, hey, if you give me 500 bucks, you can have your 30-second commercial on this. You know, And I had enough of a name like in the Seacoast area where I was from yeah. being on the radio that it, it helped out. So started doing doing that until I got another radio gig like two years ago. 
What are you doing now in, on radio? So, Jesus, I have like 19 jobs now. My, <laughs> my full-time job is I produce New Hampshire Today with Jack Heath, which is like a news talk show. So Jack Heath used to be the political director at uh, WMUR-TV. I'm the producer, but kind of a half a co-host too. And I'm, I'm essentially the heel on the show because it's a conservative station. I come on and oh. <laughs> I, know how to, I know how to get the, the crowd going. So it's <laughs> Get those uh, phone yeah. lines lit up. Yeah. So I get, get a lot of, get a, not a lot of death threats, but not zero. Um, <laughs> people are a little touchy about stuff nowadays, as it turns out. But uh, yeah, I think so, so. So that's my day gig. But I also do I do color commentary for UNH football on the radio, like uh, the home and away game. So they fly us out with a team. Wow, and that's great. yeah, that's that's pretty neat. And I do stuff for Dartmouth, like uh, hockey and basketball, Southern New Hampshire University, kind of anywhere that'll uh, cut a check. I'll show up and do a game for them. He's blowing up. Yeah, you stuff for ESPN Plus, right? Is that is that uh, UNH stuff? Uh, that's the that's the Dartmouth stuff. So okay, so all their streaming stuff goes is on the ESPN app, and like some of it goes on to Nesson too. Like Nesson will just pick up their feed, and if they don't have anything on, they'll like, oh, here's uh, Dartmouth women's hockey versus Harvard or whatever. And so that's the occasionally I'll show up on Nesson. Tremendous. Yeah. Now, um, him and the Kingpin both. <laughs> oh, right. or whatever he is now. Yeah. Occasionally, yeah, you don't know where he's going to show up, but <laughs> they both just randomly pop up on Nesson. It's great. No, it's no big deal. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> now, so I, I would guess you think pro wrestling kind of prepared you pretty well for your radio stuff, especially on this conservative station where you're the kind of the, the main heel. Yeah, it's it's wild. You know, knowing how to say something quickly and uh, you know how to push the right buttons because it, it's all a performance, right? You know, yeah. I mean, you're on the radio. You're still you're a, you're a radio dork. You like uh, like mm-hmm. Jim Norton and yeah. uh, what was the show you always loved that I couldn't? I was a Ron and Fez. You're a big Ron yes. and Fez guy. Yes, definitely. So so you know, even though you're it's a uh, it's a lot of you, it's still an element of performance. So right. and that comes in very handy. And two time New Hampshire. Sergeant Slaughter's in a crowded NXT. <laughs> That's a running gimmick on the podcast, yeah, right? It sure is. You know, he invented NXT. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. And that's an order. <laughs> he took down Sepentor single-handedly. I don't uh, want to hear any. Uh, right, and right to die, Jack, from there. All right. Tremendous. This is great. So how, Justin, does one become a two-time New Hampshire Sportscaster of the Year? Well, when everybody else has won it, they're like, shit, somebody else, <laughs> we got to put this trap on somebody else. Get some new business in here. No, uh, it's voted on by your peers, so you get to, you get to know enough people and it, it, I mean, really, it is kind of your, especially in a state like New Hampshire, it is kind of your turn. There's not a lot of us, right? Yeah. So Mike Murphy, Bob Lippman have won it like 500 times. Um, you get nominated, the people that are like part of that organization vote for you. And if you get, you know, it's, there's not a lot of people voting. So you get you like three people that vote your way, you get it. And then they uh, they send you to North Carolina, baby. Woo. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> North Carolina. You don't know that song either, do you? I don't know that yeah, song. Yeah, whatever What is, is that song? Who am I? Petey motherfucking Pablo. Petey Pablo. In, yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Crack it. So yeah, do, I get to- do your thing with that afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I'll add it in the music. Thank you. Yeah, I'll make it sound good. That'll be great. <laughs> well, I get to hang out with the names like Dan Patrick's going to be there this year. Bob Lee was down there last year. Like yeah. all the, like Brian and I were huge, huge sports center dorks growing up. Like a lot of guys yeah, our age. Ba- yeah, back in high school, it was like the thing. Yeah. yeah. Dan and Keith. Those were. Those Dan were. And Keith. I got their book for crying out loud. <laughs> I think we both bought it at one point. Yeah. So now you get to like show up and you know pretend you're their contemporaries, and it's kind of a head trip. So you do the the radio thing. You look back at wrestling. You watch wrestling occasionally. Do you keep up with what 
your boy Fury's doing. Yeah, I don't like. I'm always working Friday, Saturday nights, so I don't get to go to shows, which which sucks because I would like to go. You know, I'd like to. I, I watch Brian's product. Uh, you know, on on the internet, and uh, I try to keep up. There's there's like a thousand promotions now. Does and, it help yeah. that you know Keely's into it? Your daughter's into it. Yeah, she she got into like my. I didn't force my kids into wrestling. She my my daughter and son got into it a while back, and then my daughter kind of stuck with it. Like we went to WrestleMania last year. They were really little when I was wrestling, so they didn't yeah. really know about it but they had some idea and then when she got into it i would like you know i, I smart her up a bit to the business which it, it's fun to watch <laughs> with her. kid yeah it's fun to watch with her because like she has the knowledge that it's you know that it's a work but she's 14 now but when she's like an 11 12 year old girl she's still an 11 12 year old girl she still yeah. gets pissed off about the things she's supposed to get pissed off about right. you know still enough of that fan in her that it, that, that it's a it's a fun mix and I know that you did go back and do a little broadcasting for Brian Fury at the New England Wrestling Academy when he had a uh, the student show. Yeah, yeah, he was great. I can tell you, his, he was one man booth, and I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that was a ton of fun. And uh, yeah, it was, it was actually Ty Jack came back from his match and was watching part of the highlights. He's like, he's like, wow. He's like, yeah, you 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 nailed that. You know what you're talking about? I'm like, yeah. It turns out I do this for a living. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so uh yeah this is excellent to have you here justin it's been a while since i've uh, seen you I, th- I think it was like a funeral last time i saw you i think it's dc dillinger's yeah funeral. it might have been yeah yeah but oh, uh, i showed up late at fury's wedding i did i pulled a crockett and showed up late <laughs> <'Cause> I, was, <laughs> I did see you there i was yeah. doing a football game and when it got over I, I immediately like busted ass and got there for the uh for the reception i was there too i was yeah. at the football game with uh yeah but justin, justin told me ahead of time <laughs> he wasn't gonna be there on time you uh, kayfabed it, and then when you did finally talk to me, you complained about there not being any more desserts left. <laughs> well, the, the guy on screen right now, Dominic Dijakovic and uh, and Ivar, just hoarded all the cupcakes. Uh, that doesn't sound like Ivar at all. <laughs> Those are big guys, man. They need a lot of caloric intake. <laughs> why were you late? Why would you show up late? I, I just said uh, I know that's your gimmick, but why would you? It was the first time, like with uh, leaving without the baby. Listen it was this guy. <laughs> I know, <laughs> first guy to ever have a baby, huh? I get, <laughs> yeah, I get to hear about this every single week with the Ugh. podcast when he's late every single time, no matter what it is. All right, we better end this before it gets <laughs> ugly in here. You can see the see we're about to start double teaming him, huh? That's. He's in the wrong part of town, Fury. <laughs> I don't know why I do this to myself. Just about every week, I bring someone in here that's just gonna. You do it to yourself because you're late to everything. Oh. And you have no decorum when it comes to human interaction. Decorum. I like that. We word. live in a society, Crockett, all right? People people have expectations. I, I apologize for being a little late, <laughs> Justin. And now I, I, I can let you leave because I know you have an early, you, you do the uh, the radio early, right? Yeah, whatever. It's, it's not like I'm good at it, so it doesn't matter if I have enough sleep. <laughs> no, pe- this is a lot of fun. The it's- people would rather he not be on the radio, so it's That's fine. true. Most, most of the audience would agree with you. Yes. <laughs> Keep giving him hell. That's uh, I'm, Justin. I'm, I'm, I, I tell them the truth, and they think it's hell. That's right. <laughs> no, this is a lot of fun. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming, Justin, my old pal. That's yeah. Right. We want your feedback. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode. Your thoughts on our on our talk with chat. Justin McIsaac. Yes, our our little chat. Yeah, chat's the word. Probably. <laughs> I wasn't going to say talk. Use the hashtag WPAN and let us know what you think. Also, I guess you should mention BrianMalotis.com. I forgot to mention it before we brought Justin into the show. That's all right. So this right. We're getting it in now. This t-shirt you can get over at BrianMalotis.com. Yep, stuff, whatever. Yeah. 
purchase some items. Some more wares. to come. More to come, I guess, from what I hear. And of course, there's the WPAN.com. That's the WPAN.com, our hub, our home base. It's a place where you can find the ways to subscribe to the wrestling podcast about nothing. All the various podcast platforms are on iHeartRadio. Did you know that? Oh, all right. We're on the radio.com app. Wow. You can't find us on the uh, desktop version of radio.com, but if you go to the radio.com app, we are on there. All right. How you like that? I'm, I'm digging it. All right. Spotify and uh, coming probably never to Pandora. All right. I mean, I just have the free generic Pandora, so I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I'm like the oldest man when it comes to stuff like that. I just have the Apple Podcast app because that's what came on my phone, and that's it. A lot of people have that same thing. That's all a, more, I a vast majority of our people come from Apple Podcasts. All Spotify right. is climbing, though. Spotify right. is climbing. All right. Spotify, what up? <laughs> and uh, basically, at the WPAN, that's our uh, social media on basically anything, including TikTok. Wait, you made a TikTok? For We're now show? on TikTok wow. at the WPAN. As I said online, don't follow us because I don't want to figure out what TikTok is. <laughs> Ray is the only person I know that actually has a TikTok. So I'll have to follow Ray. <laughs> and hopefully... I remember he posted a video in um, one of our group chats. And you just commented back, TikTok, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TikTok. Uh, what was the other one that used to be the big... Uh... <laughs> well, there was a couple. Tout? Tout? No, no I wasn't thinking of a tout. <laughs> that was the WWE one, right? Yes. Tout it out? Um. Oh man, I can't think of it. Those like six second videos. Ray loved that one too. And you, you were into it at one point too. Uh, I don't even know what it was called, but yeah. Anyway, that's how fast things come and go in this day and age. At the WPAN all, on all social media platforms, and you can find uh, bios of us. Uh, well, me and Brian Malonis anyway. Pictures, all that stuff, nudes over there at uh, the WPAN.com. And before we go further. Let's get all these plugs out of the way. Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast with Mike Mills, Harbody Harper, and Doc Turner, and uh, MikeMills.Podbean.com. We have to have our little powwow. We're gonna have a sit down. Maybe when we get a when we get the whole band back together finally. Vine. That's what it was. Vine. Yes, <laughs> that's Vine. When we get all three of us back on the show. Yeah, we gotta figure this out. Uh, you know, myself and Malonis have discussed and. We've made You've our, both turned your keys. We've moda- made our stance known. And I haven't turned my key yet. Well, I mean, understandably so. I, I get it. But at the same time, you know. We'll figure it all out, and we'll let you guys know out there. Also, how about our Vantage Point? The un- How about our Vantage Point? The retro wrestling podcast with Joe Morata and Mike Quinn. Lots of stuff going on over there. They're talking about the best and worst managers in pro wrestling who's your worst manager of all time worst yes oh boy i mean that's tough to say uh harvey whoopman i wasn't a big fan of no no i'm um, a fan of the harvester mr hughes would he be considered a manager well he was a butler for triple h wasn't he yeah um honky tonk man wasn't a very good manager <laughs> well i think i would say that was his charge rockabilly was part of that. Yeah, fair enough. That's what they're doing over there at our vantage point. Talking about the best managers, the worst managers. OVPpodcast.com for all the stuff. Our vantage point. Greetings from Allentown with PW, Peter Winson. He takes one episode of wrestling television from any walk of, uh, from any era, any promotion, and really breaks the break. I- I'm like losing my, I can't speak anymore. <laughs> I've been talking too much. He breaks it down. He breaks it down. Break it down. <laughs> Do, 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 do. 
Greetings from Allentown. Check that show out. It's uh, much better than uh, my stumble bumness. Uh, the let lets you uh, lets on. <laughs> this I is amazing. Stop recording. This is amazing. And the Rundown Wrestling Network. If you miss wrestling television this week, they got you covered. Check out all the various podcasts on RundownWrestling.com. It is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get to that, Brian Fury. Yes. You're hitting Route 93 and 495, right? <laughs> yeah. And you're uh, having chaotic wrestling shows happen we are. all over oh there's also a fantasy camp upcoming as well there right there is oh yeah let us know <laughs> oh yeah so we got a uh, friday night february the 21st chaotic wrestling returns to the mill city lowell massachusetts mm, the unofficial hometown of chaotic wrestling yes it was for a long time then it wasn't kind of back is again yeah so yep yeah. and then the very next morning saturday February 22nd, we have a one-day fantasy camp at the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. For only $79, you can live out your dream for a day or experience what it's like to become a pro wrestler and go through a little bit of basic training. That's always a fun day and a good time, a good turnout. Only happens twice a year. Twice so a year, yeah, you February and August. So get in on it. Don't wait. Jump on it. Get to it. Start your career in professional wrestling now or just have a fun day. And how do people contact you to sign up or pre-register or whatever the hell? Yeah, just shoot me an email. Neprowrestling at, yes, hotmail.com. Not Gmail? Yeah. Neprowrestling at hotmail.com. I'm a hotmail guy for life, Crockett. <laughs> so am I, to be honest <laughs> with you. I still have my hotmail account. A lot of lot of spam in there. Oh, yes. But it yeah. still exists. Yep. I have like three now, and like I logged into my old original hotmail account for the first time in probably like two years. And it was like, I couldn't tell you if there's anything actually in there other than just tons and tons and tons of junk mail. That's the email address that Mike Mongoose has for me. And he sent me one time, he sent actually the show early on in the podcast, he sent us like a coupon, an internet coupon for free pizza. Oh, all right. And I completely didn't know it was there because there's so much spam going on. You see, like, something goes by, hey, free pizza. You're like, what? what? That just <laughs> seems like another garbage email. But apparently, a month later, he had to say, hey, did you ever get an email from me? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? I sent you money for pizza. I'm like, oh, Jesus. And I had to go back and sort through everything and find it. Yeah, you're all about pizza. Yeah, who isn't, I'm right? I'm probably going to order some pizza after this. I'm starving. Okay. Uh, Maybe I'll join you. Well, oh. no, it is a little late. Yeah, it's a little late. I mean, you know, you got here late. It's late now. So, yeah, you got to get out of here, I'm sure. Mm, well, uh, yeah. Um, so, oh, I was going to ask you quickly, though. The show that's uh, it's happened now, but it hasn't happened yet as, as of this recording. Uh-huh. You were originally supposed to have someone on the show that ended up getting signed, right? Uh, well, we had, like... Um you sure. told you told me at one point that Killer Cross was on this show yeah, this past yeah, Friday. We were talking with him. I told you um, it was probably it was supposed to happen, and then it didn't, and that's why no official announcement was ever made. You know, we have dealt with an insane amount of things having to change and move and not be what they were supposed to be originally, um, and we're, we're kind of rolling with the punches. You know, Cold Fury. I think we announced the building at the show on Friday. <laughs> you know, because you're listening to this on Monday. It's still the same building? Um, it's it's not going to be in Haverhill this year, unfortunately. Uh-oh. It's a little bit late in the year, and spring sports are starting, so 
they said we couldn't do it there. And so we've had almost kind of a nightmare trying to figure things out and everything else. We have a building for it. I think we announced it. I'm pretty sure it's official. I don't want to say it right now in case we didn't announce it on Friday, <laughs> so on and so forth. Uh, but yeah, we check the brand new chaoticwrestling.com, yeah, right? See, brand new chaoticwrestling.com set up and running. Um, but yeah, you know, there's just been a bunch of different curveballs and different things tossed our way. And I think we've been doing pretty well uh, rolling with them and fixing them and still putting on a great product uh, as we are on the road to Cold Fury, the biggest event of the year for chaotic wrestling. Um, yeah, so I fixed all the craziness of pandemonium. I had, you know, opened the show talking about that. And then, um, yeah, so. What did you talk that. about? I, I did talk about it. Watch Elevated. Ah, Elevated. Chaotic you elevated. can find that on Facebook and YouTube, and right? YouTube, yes. Yes, yes, yes. That is the Elevated. Make sure you're following Chaotic Wrestling on all social media, by the way. And chaoticwrestling.com for tickets to the next show in Lowell. And uh, email Brian Malone. Uh, email Brian Malone. And email Brian Fury, uh, any pro wrestling at hotmail.com yes. to get in on that one day fantasy camp coming up at the end of February. Brian Fury. Yes. This week's promo about nothing comes for the year 2007. And this is a first. It's got to be a first. For the first time in the history of the WPAN, TNA two weeks in a row. Whoa. I don't know if you heard last week. It was oh, pretty controversial. <laughs> well, the, actually, I listened to the whole episode, and the promo was kind of soft a little bit, I think, and how I listened to the podcast. I don't do the headphones thing. I have like a little Bluetooth speaker while I'm you know, at UPS working around, so some things are a little softer than others that I can't necessarily hear, but yeah, that was the gangsters one, right? Yeah, really, uh, yeah. I'll have to check the audio levels. Yeah. It was, it was well, low? no, I, I think it was all right. It was just like like the way that I was kind of listening to it. I wasn't necessarily right at the speaker when it was happening, so... Um, now I, you're going to make me crazy. If I listen... <laughs> you're always crazy, yeah. I'm sad I missed these last two episodes. I like Ian Riccoboni a lot. I love adult. I, you know, I collect some uh, WWF magazines and have all the superstars magazines and some programs and stuff, so I'm sad I missed these couple episodes. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for this second week in a row. TNA slash Impact Wrestling slash Anthem something or other slash Global Force <laughs> some, Wrestling something or other promo. Yeah, it was TNA. I think Total Nonstop Action Wrestling in 2007, and uh, I have seen this promo before. I thought maybe we did this in a promo about nothing. I searched through the archives. I didn't see it, but maybe someone out there can prove me wrong. This promo is from the artist formerly known as Rikishi. Here oh. in TNA, he is known as Junior Fatu. Oh, all right. This week's promo about nothing. All right. Well, speaking of chowing down. Crazy legs. Put up the buffet and big Junior Fatu will shut it down. Now, we're going to talk about shutting down. You see, there's a lot of crazy things going around here in TNA. People running around chasing each other, Kurt Angle, Sting, and the list goes on and on. But the new breed up in here in TNA, you're looking at him, Junior Fatu. That's right. When it comes time, I think I made the, the, right for, the fight for your right. What's that jabroni's name? Fight for the right. You are facing <laughs> Robert Roode. What are your thoughts on that? You smell that? No, I don't. I don't smell anything. <laughs> I smell next week when Junior Fatu faces Rick Rude or or, or Robert, Robert Rude or whatever that jabroni's name is. That somebody, be it Kurt Angle or Sting, 
somebody came the fresh air. Stinky. <laughs> Somebody's hitting the fresh air of stinky. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I believe uh, maybe the stink face was trademarked. Oh, so <laughs> in TNA, I think it was called the stinky. Well, I had no idea he was there. Yeah, he was there for a brief period in 2007. I, mean, I knew about like you know Christian Booker Angle, um, some of the bigger names. I guess I had no recollection of. Fatu ever being in TNA. Yeah, I don't think he really had a memorable run besides this fantastic promo. Yeah. Who's that, what's that Jabroni's name? <laughs> it's Fight for the Right. Anytime somebody actually uses the word Jabroni, it makes me laugh. <laughs> I was so amazed when that we had that promo about nothing like a while back with Gene Oakland in the mid-80s calling someone a Jabroni. Like It was like a outtake yeah and he called someone a jabroni like jabroni was a thing like in 1985 thing yeah so amazing and rick fuller used to use the term jabroni and it made me laugh every single time (laughs) it was hilarious so i think uh junior here was uh kind of trying to emulate one of his family members a little bit yeah one of his extended family members perhaps do you smell it (laughs) <laughs> he was literally doing the nose right up in the air the oh my god how do you smell a week he he do you, I, he smells next week he says yeah the stinky <laughs> he smells the stinky from next week what's that jimoni's name again rick rude rick rude bobby rude by the way internet champion we brought him up yeah. earlier former uh, yeah, yeah. cyberspace wrestling federation internet champion bobby rude oh yeah i like how we did call him robert rude right is this that was nice he, i think the announcer there the the young lady did she did pretty good selling the stink what do you she think did. she did she sold little, the stinky a little wafting yeah. <laughs> away from the nose there when he walked away yeah she I don't uh, know if that was from his uh buttocks or his breath i, I don't know because he got like, really close to her he certainly did. This, this promo, I don't, uh, was Junior trying something new, I guess? He was... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he was trying, but it didn't work, whatever it no, was. No. He wasn't making a difference with this one. <laughs> he certainly was not. I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was very short-lived in, in TNA. And, uh, you know, without the Rikishi name, I guess the bloom was off the rose. Yeah, Junior Fire 2 didn't have quite have the same uh, ring to it. No, and then uh, his kids brought him back when they made it to WWE. Yes, not after taking a pit stop to the XWA for a show once. Oh, he did? He was in like one of their XWA rumbles. Did you take a stinky? So I don't think he did one. (laughs) Before the show? If I remember remember correctly, I don't think he even did one. And I distinctly remember at one time I was just like sitting there hoping to take one. I remember Todd... Like just sitting in the buckle and like, <laughs> and him like looking like it was one point there one time there was like two different people like sitting in the buckle. I could just picture all four corners and he's in the ring sitting there like come on come on come on yeah oh come on like, yeah and he I don't he just didn't do it <laughs> just so so many willing participants yeah, they, and he just please, wasn't having it please stick your ass <laughs> in my face <laughs> unbelievable. Well, you heard and you smelled probably this promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. 
Brian, we're just two away from episode 200. I'm excited. I'm very excited. I got something in the works I'm thinking about. All right. I like that. I like episode you get those turning. Yeah. So we'll have something a little special for you for episode 200. But next Monday, we'll have something special too for episode 199. Why not? Yeah. Episode 199 of the Wrestling Podcast about nothing coming next Monday. Till then, for the absent brawler Brian Malonis, he's Brian Fury. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mako, and thanks for nothing. My former tag team partner. He was conquistador number two. I was conquistador number one. You are number one. You calling him number two? Who does number two work for?